Hey, welcome to the Extra Podcast. My name is Daniel Markin, and I am joined around the table with Freddy Arosco. Hello. Buenos dias. What? That's Buenos not how you say it. Is what you that's not speaking Mexican, right? <laughs> My team is better than your team in the World Cup, so don't talk to me. Okay. Thank you. And uh, Jonathan. Hello. Buenos dias. You sound like a cartoon character right now. Where you're, Are you watching a lot of Paw you know Patrol people, these days? People have said that about me just in general. Not even he when looks I'm like one too. I kind of. I've always been told I'm, I, I look like a hybrid between Ed Sheeran, Jude Law, and Beaker. That is not a compliment. Who's Beaker? Me 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 me. Oh, Muppet. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whose so, phone is dinging? That's my. I'm Stop off it. the hook. Oh my goodness! This is people uh, already writing in this with is, questions live on the people floor. are complaining. This is great who, radio who right Beaker, here. Who let Beaker back on? <laughs> yeah, we're getting we're having away. live messages in because there's people listening to this live. <laughs> so that was Jonathan Giesbrecht. Hi, you're a worship pastor, indeed. And now I'm joined to my right, the sheriff himself, Johnny Markin. Oh. Now, what is Sheriff. What is your job sheriff. now? Come on. I am pastor of worship emeritus at Northview Community Church. Wait, so who's... Wait, emeritus? What's J- the difference? Jonathan is my boss. <laughs> oh, I love Whoa. it. Whoa. What? It's like so a, explain a little bit about, universe. Explain a little bit about kingdom. that for the listeners who don't know what has happened here. Upside down kingdom. Yeah. Well, for 18 years, I've been the pastor of worship at Northview. And uh, over the last year or so, uh, as my role in ministry over at Trinity Western has been increasing, uh, it's been... Increasingly, that Jonathan's been overseeing and running the Department of Worship, and uh, it's a suitable time to pass the baseball baton over to him. And uh, he's a really excellent choice to be the main worship pastor for this church. And so my role is joyfully to serve Jonathan and as he serves the leadership of the church. Jonathan, what do you have to say to that? That that's about it. Is he? Is that correct? <laughs> the long pause there. I was like, uh, <laughs> is anybody going to take this one anymore? I mean, we can just end the, we yeah. just end the program that's there. It. This has been All the right. extra podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's that's it. Johnny's Johnny's been so uh, as most people know, he's been involved in Trinity heavily, and and that's taken a ton of his time and. And he's tr- spent, how long have I been here now? Seven years? Yeah, I've been six, seven years anyway. Yeah, he's been training me, doing his best with me, as, or as good as he can, for the last seven years. And this is the closest I'm going to get to being <laughs> ready for this. So, <laughs> yeehaw. Don't they say that you know you're ready when you actually are not ready? Or how is that? Know, when you know you're not ready, you're ready? No, yeah. When, or, you're, yeah. when you realize you're not that. ready for it, you are ready. Yeah. <laughs> ready, but not Freddy. Yes. Oh, but Freddy is always ready. Oh, man. Oh, we will not that? be perfect. This year but we will we not will be perfect. Be present. Oh, Amen. But Turn to your neighbor be. and say you will oh, be present. Okay. Touch this your is... neighbor and say, no. why don't we do that in sermons more here? Do you think we should start this thing I, over? I'm going to. <laughs> Touch your neighbor real slow. Why are we touching each other? Stop. <laughs> hey, guys, I have a question for you. I have a worship, wow. actually, worship-related question. <laughs> yeah, go on. And uh, because here's here's something that goes back and forth, and there's always that battle between charismatic and not being charismatic. And uh, one of the ways that's often played out is in worship, in singing of songs, but in particular in the raising of hands in worship. And is this a biblical thing? Because if you raise your hands in worship, are you getting to, uh, you know, to fold the spirit? Is that bad? Is that going to lead us away from right doctrine? 
Or is this a good thing of us actually expressing our belief in Christ? I mean, I don't know where to turn in this. I want to actually get a, a definitive answer today. I want to get this um, understood. So between Jonathan and Johnny. And Freddie. And Freddie. Freddie will chime in a little bit. Yeah, I got some thoughts. <laughs> nice. That's good. Uh, between you guys, the, 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 us at the table here, I want to come up with um, an answer. Should we be raising our hands in worship? Or is this something that we should be cautioned around? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I'd love to actually hear some scripture on how we should approach this type of thing. Is this a biblical way to worship? I'm going to begin by saying it actually is a very biblical way to worship. Uh, before I get into uh, exegeting any verses on and, and using any verses to uh, illustrate what that looks like biblically, um, let's look at the natural aspect of things. When people are expressing themselves, often they express themselves beyond just verbal uh, expression and communication. Their whole bodies are involved in expressing. So if we are communicating something in front of people, we might use our hands to communicate that message. We were sitting here talking, we're, we're going to use our hands, make gestures, do all kinds of things. Some of the gestures that we use in worship are when we are talking either to God in the kind of um, gestures we might use in talking to somebody, or they might be gestures about God. And when we talk about God, He is both great and transcendent, which causes us to think in terms of uh, raising upward, and so our hands naturally might raise upward to him, though geographically God isn't necessarily in the sky. But it's also a case that there are other ways that we might use them in prayer. Now, there's passages throughout the Old Testament and, and a few in the New Testament which describe what worship physically looks like. So if we think about the Old Testament uh, examples, there's a, one of my professors, Dr. Andrew Hill, at the Institute for Worship Studies, was he, he did a great book called uh, um, Enter His Courts with Praise. And he, and he looks at Old Testament worship with a New Testament lens, which is really, really helpful. And so biblical actions of worship. Now, this is where you might be talking about being too filled with the Spirit. I, I don't think that raising your hands fills you with the Spirit. Sure. <laughs> Let's realize that's bad doctrine. Uh, it should be an expression of what's going on inside of you. And sometimes, even when you don't feel the an emotion about worship, it's actually mm -hmm. an obedient gesture towards a person. Um, not that we should only just worship in obedience, but if uh, an, an honorary individual walked through the room, uh, it might be a, the custom among the people to bow before them or to bend a knee or do something like that. Like a, what so, a, in the military, you salute people. Oh, yeah, it's a very good example by their position. Mm -hmm. And so having gestures, bodily gestures towards the Supreme Almighty God is actually uh, culturally acceptable, I believe. Uh, but take, for instance, things like raucous shouting, which is described in the Psalms in Psalm 27, Psalm 32, and Psalm 33. This was an appropriate and acceptable way of praising God. So uh, at any point, if raucous shouting breaks out uh, with loud hallelujahs and amens, Jonathan, you, you can affirm that biblically. Mm -hmm. Feel free. Uh, another one is singing and playing musical instruments. I am grateful for that part of it. Uh, several psalms which, which go on with that and make a joyful noise to the Lord especially. Uh, and then, of course, Psalm 150 with praise him on the loud cymbals. 
which we can't forget. We've got dancing and movement in gesture in Exodus 15, Psalm 149, Psalm 150, Psalm 47. This is one that I know uh, many feel very uh, uncomfortable with sometimes. Hand clapping. <gasps> okay, there we go. And the podcast. And the podcast. And the podcast. Kill it, kill it. <laughs> <laughs> and in Psalm 47, one, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto the Lord with shouts of joy. So hand clapping is actually an expression uh, tied with celebration. Now, one of the things that we look at hand clapping in, in the sort of rhythmic fashion, hand clapping in biblical scenarios was also about applause. And that's how you would honor an individual. So to applaud to the Lord would be an acceptable way of praising him. Sometimes when we sing our songs in our church services, after a song, applause spontaneously breaks out. And for somebody coming in and visiting, they might be thinking, oh, I guess they thought the band did really well. But many of the people in the band are actually applauding too because uh, their hearts are being lifted upward to praise Mm -hmm. God. And so that's a form of honoring God. If anyone was at the 10 a.m. service this week, that happened during Andy's sermon. Right where he mm. made a point about the work that God did, yeah, and uh, someone started applauding, and then the whole congregation, right. the whole room is just clapping yeah, that's right. for what God has done. <laughs> that's right. Touch your neighbor and say, "Come on, come on, come on." Come on. That's right. Touch that's your right. neighbor and say, "Amen." Stop, Freddie. This is true. <laughs> If, if we look a little bit, though, in terms of uh, not just celebration, but worship and adoration, there's also a few different uh, passages. Nehemiah 8.6 talks about yeah. when they rebuilt the wall, and they had a worship service in which they marched around the wall, and it said that with the musicians and the singing, it was so loud that it could be heard from afar off, and that's in Nehemiah chapter 8. Second uh, Chronicles 20, uh, they show them bowing their heads and being physically prostrate before the Lord. You've got kneeling in Psalm 95, and also in Philippians 2, 9 and 10, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's, an, it's a, a position of respect and adoration. You've uh, got lifted hands in praise in Psalm 63, Nehemiah 8, Psalm 134, And you've got lifted hands likewise in prayer. So praise and prayer are two different uh, aspects of the same thing in in many ways. But if you actually look at classic examples that people illustrate, hands uh, raised very high might refer to something grand, and and it still might at the same time be arms outstretched, uh, oh, Father, help us now. And then there's various other, I don't know if you've seen the Tim Hawkins thing about the different postures of hand raising, you know, like hold the TV, touchdown. <laughs> touchdown. Right, if you're right. really filled with the spirit, really you get filled. to do t- touchdown. But uh, yeah, there's all, all the aspects in between of you know, and some of that is based around cultural comfortable positions and stuff, and people not wanting to draw attention to themselves. And and I, I want to encourage people that if uh, if you feel that you wanted to raise your hands, don't worry about what else is uh, somebody is thinking about you. Uh, what, what they're thinking about you. Think about God. That's our whole reason for being there. And if you feel that you want to express your praise and your adoration to God by lifting a hand part way or a hand all the way, these are all very biblical ways of worshiping God. As a matter of fact, one of the ones that I find very interesting is when people receive a benediction, which is a blessing given at the end of the service for empowerment to go and serve God outside. Uh, often, in many traditions, they actually hold their arms uh, waist high and just palms hold up. the TV hold the TV a little bit or hold the basket hold hold the uh, the snack tray right <laughs> but you you know you just palms up and you're uh, by faith receiving what is being spoken over you through the Holy Spirit's power yeah. so those are various ways that that the hands are used as postures of worship yeah yeah and I think the big thing with all of this and, and I'll get to the a little bit more specific to the to like an underlying 
feeling we have. But I think the big important thing here is that we're not Gnostic. Mm. We don't believe that the body is irrelevant. And when we worship, we're having some sort of mental or soul ascent to something else. The mm. body's an integral part of who we are. It was made and it was good. God mm. declared it good. And it is a part of who we are. To say it isn't is it's a Gnostic heresy mm. that we, we reject. So in light of that, how do we, how do we, within this body that we are in, how do we worship? And I think using your body is as important as using your mind in worship. It's not doing so is not being, it's not being who you are as a person. Uh, it's, it's incomplete. Now, the one thing I do hear a lot is like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I have to lift my hands if I'm not feeling it? Right. Like if I'm not feeling, if I had a, you know, on the car ride in, I had a fight with my spouse and I'm grumpy because I, you know, stuff at work isn't going well. I'm just not feeling it today. Do I have to lift my hands now? And obviously like when the, when you use the language of have to, it's like, well, no, you don't have to. It's not like a law. It's not like not doing this is going to forfeit your salvation or anything silly like that. But like my, my response to people who say, do like, what do I do if I'm not feeling it is kind of what Johnny mentioned is like, sometimes, sometimes lifting your hands is an act of obedience. It's like, I don't, I don't feel this today. But like, I know that the Bible says, you know, lift your hands, lift holy hands in prayer. Uh, I think the Nehemiah 8.6 passage is actually really, really interesting Mm. when you look at this topic because the purpose behind their lifting their hands in Nehemiah 8.6 is, um, so uh, Ezra, the prophet, is reading from the law. Ezra praised the Lord and great God and all the people lifted their hands and responded saying, amen and amen. The lifting of hands in this context is actually agreement. Yeah, that it's, is what it's a mental thing yeah. beyond a physical, beyond a just a physical thing. It's a, it's a, I stand in affirmation of what is being spoken. And when we sing, or even when we, when we, when there's a sermon preached and you're like, I agree with that. Lifting your hands is a totally appropriate thing we do. Mm. I, even today, culturally, right? Like who, who agrees with me? If you're doing like a poll in the room, like how many people are in favor? You mm. say I, and you lift your hand. It's a, it's a thing we still do in our culture. And I think it's a really powerful thing we do when we're reading, when we're reading the words of a song and like, these are powerful truths about God and Mm -hmm. about who we are in light of God's grace. Mm -hmm. Lift your, I agree. Like that's a totally appropriate thing to do. And it, and it's not just a feeling thing. It's, that's a mental click. It's a mental and physical thing. That's the mental click. I affirm this. I agree with this. And so I will, I'm showing everyone in the room that I agree yeah. with this. Yeah. And I yeah. think the biggest thing. And inviting thing I, you to also agree with me. Totally. Yeah. Cause I think the biggest thing I hear, I mean, I'm a fairly cerebral person, so I get the whole, like, I just feel weird doing this, but like, it's a cerebral act as well. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, an affirmation of theological truth, which. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I, it's I do find that if I'm in the context of a gathering, uh, a gathering or uh, worshiping believers, I want to physically raise my hands in ascent of the truth that I'm singing because the one I'm raising my hand to is worthy yeah. of that praise. It's it's an expression of praise. It's an expression sometimes of trust. But I, I also don't want us to be little individual people having a worship experience privately uh, and hopefully nobody's looking at me or I'm doing it just to draw attention. No. Uh, w- one of the things about gathered worship is the edification of the body. Oh, yeah. And so when we are together, if people see uh, each other responding 
to the Lord, the physical as an outgrowth of outgrowth of what's going on by the Holy Spirit in their spirit, they are likely to be encouraged in the faith, either mm-hmm. A, to do the same, or B, to totally. just simply continue to walk in the faith and trust in God. Look, they're all in. I should be all yeah, in. Yeah, and it gives them permission. Oh, they ra- raise their hands? I guess that would be... Yeah okay for me to raise my hands like yeah, isn't that yeah. totally um do you what do you tell your worship leaders that on stage as they worship they are actually inviting others to yeah. worship they're giving, so, yeah they're giving permission totally yeah. mm-hmm. no and you know I've, i so i have a little story about this so I, I get to lead worship i get to watch people a lot of times in the congregation and and there's a uh, a while ago um a, a friend of mine was going through some very difficult stuff um loss of uh, of of uh, an unborn child and really horrendous stuff. Not, not good, but she came to church anyway. And we were singing this song about the sovereignty of God and how God is good, even in the hard times. And you, I mean, watching her in the congregation, tears flowing down her face, hands lifted, affirming the goodness and sovereignty of God in the midst of such grief. I'm telling you guys, I was leading worship from the stage, but, but she was leading me in worship. Mm-hmm. Like that is edification 101 right there. Yeah, it's really. like, that was so powerful. It wasn't just, I mean, maybe for her, it felt like it was just her and God having, you know, a moment where she's like, God, I still believe this, even though I don't feel it right now. But like she was edifying me right. because I know what she's going mm-hmm. through. And yet she still chooses to lift her hand and affirm the goodness of God. Like how powerful is that? Yeah. I, I think that's a beautiful thought is that when we worship, we are encouraging the brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ. We're doing it together. And how how am I going to do that? If we applaud together at the same time, we're doing something as a sign of unity. When we sing a song at the same time, we're not all singing a different song because it's a sign of unity. Uh, historically, in the very earliest stage of the church, there was no harmony singing. They felt that the best expression of Christian unity was to all sing the melody. You at hearing the same that, Jonathan? Time. You listen to that right now? Mm, I'm hearing it. <laughs> okay. Fortunately, uh, that has transformed into the sort of richness of, of harmony that we're able to hear in uh, modern music through the centuries. The church kind of lightened up on some of that stuff and realized that uh, the church is a diverse body and that we each have our part to play. So you might have the alto part, you might have the tenor part, and you might have the bass part. So. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that is, man. <laughs> I have zero musical IQ. Hey, thank you. I just got here. That's why you haven't heard my voice in the last two hours. But you will be present. But I am present. I love it. I am. (laughs) Johnny, you mentioned before, I think you were quoting John Calvin, and you're talking about how sometimes when when the gathered body worships together, it's a a fragment of what heaven's going to be like. What's that Mm, quote? Come on. Okay, well... um, in, in a, I don't know the exact quote, but suffice to say that one of his expressions of what happens when the body gathers together is not that God necessarily comes to us from some geographic place, but that Christ brings us up to himself by the Spirit. And, and, and that's taken from his theology about Ephesians, uh, where he says, we are seated in heavenly places. It's the present tense. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, because he's already ascended bodily, as Jonathan mentioned, which is the new resurrected body that we will have at the end. And so he's the example of what we will be like worshiping in heaven. But for now, we like have this deposit, this down payment. And so when we gather together, we're basically taking part in what's going on in heaven all of the time. And that's in its own time realm when you think about it. But here we get to meet, get together, and begin to praise Jesus. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit infuses our hearts with love for Him and joy 
because the triune God is being worshipped. And if physical expression breaks out of that, I I can only imagine what's going on in physical expression uh, before the throne of God. I mean, people yeah. are falling down and people are shouting and people are, well, cherubim are flying around. I mean, well, so don't don't we have an expression. image of that? Like, isn't it Revelation 4? Revelation that, 4 and right? 5. Like the... Yeah. before the throne room and it is absolutely pretty powerful pictures. it is which is the uh sort of bookend of what happens in the book of isaiah in isaiah 6 when he falls down here's the mm. same song singing we're uh, holy, holy holy holy, holy is yeah. the lord god almighty was and is and is to come and and john breaks into that vein as the lord takes him up on the lord's day in revelation 1 and then in 4 and 5 he hears the same song they're singing. still singing it's They're the still same one <laughs> well, it's, it's still yeah it's still appropriate to be sung Amen. it's pretty yeah. pretty remarkable right on um, okay, so what would you say to someone who, thank you for that little rabbit trail that I took us on there. <laughs> that was great. What would you say to someone who feels uncomfortable raising their hands in worship because like it's going to get in someone's way beside me or behind me? Um, like I don't want to be, again, I don't want to be a distraction. Is this kind of one of those things where you have every right to worship and they can move if it bothers them so much or, or should we be courteous and not be standing on top of our chair and jumping up and down? How, what would be a proper way of doing this? Well, I mean, if I, I've been to some much more raucous worship <laughs> settings. Raucous in, yelling. Uh, in other places and times. And what's appropriate in that particular culture may not be appropriate in our particular church culture. Uh, we want to give permission to worship biblically in a physical manner. If people are being offended by a biblical action, which is not being seen to be disingenuous, uh, then I think we should have enough grace within us to allow them to worship like that. But if, if I'm going to raise my hand and hit the person next to me, I'm going to be a little more careful. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to not raise them as high. And so maybe I want to sit somewhere where I can, if I'm a hand raiser. Isn't that the kind of like the background question to this? Like what I would ask someone if they were like, is this a truly biblical form of worship? Like what, what do you mean by that? Because it seems like it's, largely culturally dependent, right? Like I grew up mm -hmm. in a Mexican American church and we clap for everything. Like you think Northview claps, uh, <laughs> y'all don't clap. You guys snap your fingers. Clap. <laughs> no, we would clap for everything. And we would do like the, I don't, I don't know what the musical term is, but like on different beats, you clap twice beat. Don't clap. What's it called? It's when you clap twice on a beat. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. We would do that. A I don't, double, a double <laughs> clap. Technic, See, really I didn't even term. know. I didn't even know what it was, <laughs> but I knew that we did it. <laughs> no, but that's the point, right? Double I just, kick, I believe. No, no, no. Like, it, would, it would be like, nah, yeah. clap, 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 clap. Like, it was like a... I can picture it in my head know, right pattern. now. Keep going. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is that based on my context, like that's what we thought. Like, yeah, this is how you worship God, yeah. right? And it, like people will use, like, and it's kind of unfortunate, but people try to use the language of biblical to try to push a specific position, right? So they would say a specific is, culture. Yes. Yeah. Is this a, is this a truly cultural way of worship? Well, I'm like, well, like if you're worshiping the right God and you're not offending your neighbor, then yes, absolutely it is. Yeah. And then like, and I, I would say there's also biblical, like pastoral advice for offending your neighbor or for not offending your neighbor in, in Romans 14, yep. where like basically the only limit on your Christian freedom is that you shouldn't offend your neighbor. Right. So, so maybe should, don't rip yeah, so your you, shirt off during yeah. the middle of start so swinging just, around just like a towel <laughs> during worship. Exactly. So be, be considerate. So if you want to mm -hmm. raise your hand, raise your hand, but just make sure the person behind you can see. If you want to not raise your hand, don't raise your hand. If you want to kneel, go ahead and kneel. Right. The, yeah, there is right. no, yeah. right. Like the, that's why I, I find so interesting that people like, and yeah. I do it too, right. We all think there's a biblical way, right. But the, the Bible is actually quite 
open to to worshiping God in in whatever way, not whatever way you see fit, right? But in in a way that is culturally influenced to some extent. Yeah, there's the there's that which is biblical and that which is cultural too. Totally. We have to exegete the two of them. Uh, there, I had a very interesting experience just on my last trip down to Florida for my course. Uh, I went on the Sunday morning to um, an Anglican, a Renewal Anglican church, and they actually have the pews with the little knee knee mm. things, the knee bender things. Those you know? are perfect. So the entire church, when they recite a particular prayer, kneels down, and it was fascinating to watch an entire congregation kneeling together. It's not something we see yeah, here at Northview okay. very often. We just don't have space to kneel. Yeah. It's not a our culture. And the slanted floor would be really yeah, awkward. It's a little awkward. It's <laughs> like sliding forward. <laughs> yeah. Like a football celebration <laughs> yeah. on a World Cup, you know? Uh, a soccer celebration. Mm, that's right. Yeah, but uh, no, it was interesting to watch people in unity all do a physical gesture that was biblical, yeah. such as kneeling. And, and I have actually been moved at times in our Northview services when we are praying for somebody and say, would you all just raise a hand as a gesture of support mm. and a, to raise it to the Lord in prayer. And the whole church does this. Mm. There's something about the unity of doing a physical gesture together, which is really beautiful. Yeah. yeah but, but to, to your point, yeah, I think that's, it's true. I think that, that the cultural expression is a really important part. Like if, yeah, even in terms of like your church's culture in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. cause you want to, yeah, you always want to, the language I, I like to use is preferring the other, right? Yeah. Totally. Like, like if, if that's, if you jumping on your chair cause you're so excited about Jesus is going to distract everyone around you, like maybe don't do that. Also, if you're one of the persons who is like standing there and the person beside you is jumping up and down so excited and it bothers you, prefer them. Like they are, they might be like, True. they may have just have experienced the grace of Jesus for the first time yep. in their life. Yeah. Give them the space to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and so almost like be a almost envious that they are free to they celebrate have liberty, in that yeah. way. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I grew up in a church that was a, like a conservative Mexican church. So like we still, yeah. and yet like you clapped. Cla- no, totally. So two I, on one beat no, no, That's what I mean. <laughs> like, so by Northeast standards, we were very like charismatic, but by other Latin churches, we were not right. So like when I came to Northview, like I'm not really a huge hand raiser guy, but I, I still do it occasionally. I, like whatever, Whatever I feel led to Freddie, do. you if, are a biblical will. worshiper. There you Maybe, go. That's what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying. But like when I see other people, I'm like, you know, that's not really my thing. Like the the double hands and like waving. And like I, I, go, I go to young adults and there's some people that are like drawing. At like, I don't know what exactly they do with their hand motions, but I'm like, you know what? That I, God bless them. That they feel so free that they can worship God in that way. And if they want to move their hands in that pattern and that helps them proclaim the glory of God, then let them. One of the cultural anomalies that I experienced was to, I was with Daniel, and we went to a concert at GM Place, and oh, the, yeah. the artist... Who is it? Bon Jovi. I think it was Bon Jovi. Oh, wow. So this was, ago. this is interesting, because we saw, we what? were sitting kind of behind the stage, yep. so we could see the crowd mm-hmm. really wow. well. Okay, yep. keep going. And <laughs> as they were singing, they knew all of these songs by heart, and you could hear thousands of people singing these <sighs> the songs, yeah. oh, living on a prayer, all of these people, well, half of them anyway, were all there with their hands raised and yeah. punch in the air and their fingers in the air. Yeah. Some of them doing the little uh, two-finger horn thing. <laughs> thing. Rock, rock and roll. Man. I haven't seen that one in church lately. Oh, but, no. but the, Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> hey, come to Worship Center next week. I'll be there. <laughs> but it, it, it I, you know, crossed my mind. Um, this is just like watching a contemporary worship event. Except that the object of worship was very different. Oh, and I think that's what's really, really remarkable. But here again, music 
requires sometimes a physical response or it it kind of yeah. evokes a physical response out of people, mm. not just singing. They were moving, their bodies were moving, they were dancing at times, their hands were raised and transplant that cultural motif into an evangelical or uh, mainline worship service. And the physical gestures would still be perfectly acceptable and the topic would hopefully be quite right. different. Hopefully. Except we actually are worship, worshiping something that we were made to worship. Yeah. Someone. Someone, yeah. Like the, the God of the Someone. universe is there. Yeah. So that's the funny thing is you watch these people worship these rock stars with their hands raised and you're thinking, but that's never going to fulfill you. Yeah. It's always going to leave you empty after the concert's over. You're like, oh, what's the... I do think sometimes what they're doing is expressing an emotion. They are tracking with a song. They, they like what this song is saying or they like where the music has taken them emotionally. Mm. And they think that that's a spiritual experience mm. in some ways. But th they're not necessarily always just worshiping the artist. They might be actually worshiping the experience they're in totally. at the moment. Yeah, totally. And you know what? And that's, that's the same thing with some Christian church worship. Is yes. they they value the experience of what they're doing over the person they should be worshiping. Well, because you're going to church, right? You're not necessarily going to, to worship, right? The and if, if I give you a little bit of my story, like I tell us your story, Freddie. Let me tell you my story. You know, I, I have a I have a big one. No, I just have a story. Um, I like I, I was saying earlier, I'm not like we. I grew up clapping, and like I was a uh, carrying the TV guy. Like that's kind of like that's my favorite posture, where I'm like, this is my offering of praise to you, as as I'm singing, and I like sing quite loud, but not good. So I, you know, people are people are gracious though. Like the my community group sits with me um, in the in our service at, at Center Court, and and I had one one of the young ladies <laughs> remark to me. She's like, you know, I love hearing you sing because like I can always hear you no matter what. And I was like. I, like really uh, always hear me no matter what. She's like, yeah, yeah, like more than the worship leader. I'm like, thank you. She's like, no, it's just good to see you excited. And I like, it, it really, oh, no, and it totally impacted me because I'm like, because she doesn't sing loud, but she likes seeing me sing loud. And, and that kind of, that experience combined with like, I kind of rose reminded again, watching the world cup and I'm watching people like crying, oh, yeah. hands oh, raised, right? Absolutely. Like, and I'm like, and I do that too. But I'm, as I'm watching that, I'm like, you know, like, God, that I would never react more to World Cup soccer in a game that happens for a short time before yeah. we all die. A meaningless game yeah, in large part. Right? In, in context, it's totally meaningless, right? Like, but yeah. every Sunday we gather together to worship the creator of the universe in an event that we will continue to do for all of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it gave me some perspective. And then hearing like what I naturally do positively impacted my neighbor. So I was like, you know what? I'm not a hand raiser, but I'll try to raise my hands a little bit because I know my wife is. And if I do it, she feels more comfortable. So I, I think that's kind of the north, the, the missing link maybe at, mm -hmm. at Northview Community Church is we have some people that that feel comfortable doing certain things and others that don't. But like I, I would just encourage people, like, even if you don't necessarily love it, just roll it out every now and then because your neighbor might and they might mm -hmm. need a little bit of encouragement. And mm -hmm. if you can help someone do something yeah. that helps them worship God to their greatest extent. Like yeah. how much more could you love your neighbor than that? Yeah. Like I just, I think Amen. that's, and, and then it might, might be awkward at first, but the more totally. you do it, the more so you turn to your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. Amen. Mm. Touch your neighbor. <laughs> Amen. Lord, stop touching the neighbors. No, I said, turn. I oh, said, turn to your neighbor. He said, touch the neighbors. Yeah. I don't know. Daniel's interesting. But the, the more you do it, the less awkward it feels for yourself. Totally. And then you just get totally. kind of used to it. And then it just becomes a natural response that you do. And yeah. Uh, it's. I think it's really, especially when you begin thinking about. Yeah, I'm affirming this, and uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. The thing I always reflected. Actually, you said this to me 
<laughs> you hey dad i touched my neighbor <laughs> hey dad you said this to me once your dad uh, raised you well yeah you're, you said something because i was like i don't know dad if i feel like comfortable ra- raising my hands i'm more of a i'm more of a head guy you know i like to just bow my head and, and think through things and you said you know dan you can raise your hands because um he, he's the king of the universe and is he not worthy of your praise come on right and i was like ooh. Wow, I said Get that. Exposed. Yeah, you said that one. So I was like, yeah, I guess I, I should, uh, if I feel led to do that, I should fight through that awkwardness mm. and give him the credit he's due. You have to realize that one day we're going to have physical gestures of worship in front of him face to face. And I look at it as kind of uh, practice. <laughs> no, totally. Right. Like every tongue, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. I'm like, well, you and know, you, if I'm going to do that, but that's eternity, physical. It's physical worship. Yeah, it is physical worship. And you got to think, I mean, this life is a physical life. I mean, Jesus came, lived a physical life. Mm, and so when we take communion, we're actually remembering yeah. one of the things we do remember is Jesus physical the life. incarnation. Yeah. yeah. And so we often like to think that Christianity is just spiritual, but it's, it's one of those unique things that's, it's spiritual. Yes. It's metaphysical. Yes. But it's also very, very physical. So when so we, right. yeah. when we take communion, that's a physical act. We're remembering a physical thing. When we w- lift our hands in worship, that's a physical thing. When yeah. we go serve the needy, serve the poor, when you serve mm-hmm. your brothers and sisters at church, Preach it. that is physical go. worship. Yeah. Touch your neighbor and say, let's worship. Stop let's touching worship. the neighbors. Uh, it, it, you haven't just, even started preaching yet. I mean, really, you're just preaching <laughs> Romans 12. 1. Therefore, uh, I, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God of the first 11 chapters in Romans, Romans, knowing what God has done for us, make your a lives a living sacrifice. Yeah. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, as the Greek yeah. is rendered. And that means physically worshiping. That totally. means using your gifts for the edification, for the proclamation of the gospel. That means using your body t- in physical acts of worship at the same time when we're gathered, or whether we're just walking through the forest and we raise our hands in prayer and say, Lord, help me today. Yeah. Well, that puts a nice bow on that. I think we got look two minutes and we brought the world cup a couple of times. And I know I promised Jonathan, I said, Jonathan, if you come on the podcast, we can talk about, can we talk about the world cup? Yes, we can talk. And we've <laughs> dodged no. it. Now everyone's going to turn it off. Like, oh, they're going to start talking about the world but cup. We sat in the staff room today. We got in trouble. We got in trouble. Well, it was the lunchroom. Too, yeah, I was in the lunchroom. So you'd think the lunchroom is the one place where you can pre- space. You can be a little more raucous. Yeah. Right. Well, raucous can be biblical apparently. Yeah. But yes. apparently we were a little too, well, we, weren't, object, we weren't being raucous in worship. That's though. right. The no. object was a sport, not the creator of the universe. Yeah. I'd like so. to think of it. It was a release of tension uh, through raucous sure, yelling. But with zero regard for your neighbor. So what we're referring to is today. We didn't edify some of our neighbors. <laughs> that is right. That I, is uh, I picked Argentina Boo. to, uh, yeah, to win crazy. it all this year. But I didn't really think this one through. It's just my wasteful. heart. It's pure, that purely wasn't, that my wasn't heart. That wasn't going so well, was it? No, it wasn't because they looked like they were going to get knocked out. And then they kicked the winning goal with 85 so minutes left. Just about, no, and it was shameful. That it game. was whatever. <laughs> All I'm saying is there was a raucous that erupted. A raucous? Is that a noun? Yes. And there was, there was <laughs> Freddie, there was claps. There was double claps. There was some triple claps. I heard uh, a triple clap. There were people crying. Just to be clear, none of us were crying. No, none of us <laughs> were crying. Daniel was in shedding tears of joy. It was dust. I had dust in my eye. It was, uh, it was really dusty. <laughs> hey, but listen to this. Diego, Diego, this is an update that came on my phone. Oh, yeah, I saw Diego this, yeah. Maradona treated by paramedics after at stadium <laughs> after Argentina's win over Nigeria. Just, just to be clear, Diego Maradona is a former Argentinian superstar, right. legendary superstar. He Led attends, them to the World Cup. Yes, he attends all of their games, and they always, whenever there's an Argentina game, they always show 
him in the Dude, stands wearing his bling yeah, he's got like yeah. four rings he's on a, two rolexes he's he a looks little hilarious. he looks a little unhealthy compared yes, to does. his former state <laughs> it was an emotional time so for during him. this face, win yeah. that it qualified them into the knockouts apparently he had some medical issues <laughs> so that's amazing there we yeah, go times. yeah okay, so. but it was it was especially exciting for daniel because his prediction can still come true now. It's yeah still, it's not gonna come true i can yeah they're, i think they're up Ooh. against france Next, yeah, okay. That's a bad and drop. what do the French it's, it's do over. except give up? It's over. And, and big bread. And you heard white it here flag. first, folks. France two, Argentina nil. No, nah, it's it's gonna be like Boom. one zero. <laughs> France is wasteful too. Right, Freddie, who's gonna win it all? Dude, my pick was Spain, but they looked rough their last. Yeah, they don't outing. look great. So I. Like I honestly, no, 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 you can't Belgium. change your pick. No, no, no. It's, I think Belgium's gonna. That was steal Johnny's it. pick. Yeah. It's my pick. Johnny's you, pick was Belgium. So Belgium or Croatia? We, like in the know, office, uh, we I have a bunch of a lot of uh, ministry in the city of Liège in oh. uh, Belgium, and uh, had some insight into the way <laughs> into Belgian soccer culture <laughs> <laughs> from twenty years ago. It's, yeah. it's yeah. finally <laughs> paying off. Well, actually, it would be, but you know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we in our office we did the. The brackets. Like, and so yeah, we all, yeah, every different person picked teams to win. Jeff picked France winning it all. So if my pick. Argentina beats you, Jeff's France, you best believe I'm going to let him have it. Oh, dude. You I, best believe. I, there's just no way. Who do you have, Jonathan? You know, I picked Brazil. Not that I'm a huge fan Ooh. of Brazil. I just think that uh, they have the best, um, they, have the, they have the most required depth in attack. And they are not a slouch on the back line either. So I think okay. that they're oh, oh. they're a dark horse. I think that a lot of the favorites they're a dark horse. Well, please. no, you're right. You're right. No, no. Ex- I take that back. <laughs> I take that back. Yeah, they're I think, favorites. I think among honestly. the among the favorites, among the favorites, there they they don't. There's nothing about them that stands out. I just have a feeling. I have a feeling that it's going to be retribution me, from the last World Cup. That's no, no, you no, know, no. I hope not. Every World Cup that I've watched, and I've seen quite a few of them because I'm kind of getting old. And every time the first round happens, the first match provides so many upsets, and the favorites don't play well. Yeah, that's true. And everybody goes, "That's it, they're done." Mm. Everybody wrote Germany off after their loss in the first round. Oh, uh-huh. Germany's out. And I'm telling you, they're, they're, <laughs> Germany coming into Jonathan, the World remember Cup. Remember when you said dreadful. that about Argentina? Remember when you said Does that okay. about Argentina? It's coming. Like, it's going to be Brazil, Germany in the final, maybe. Uh, uh, you know, no, 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 Germany, you know Brazil, draw each other in the next round. Okay, so you pick Belgium when you I go think? Belgium, go England. Yeah, they I didn't win. know that. I, I know, go England. That, yeah. Come on. No, here, here's my last comment. Danny, this, where were you born? No. And, okay, here's my last comment. I I can't stand Brazil. The reason I can't stand, I don't. Yeah, I mean, very yeah. few of the Latin America teams I actually like because they're just the worst at taking dives. And they're I can say this floppers. as a Mexican, you're Mexican. I, know. I cannot stand Neymar. You look at the man wrong, and he's like, someone, someone just broke my ankle. I know. And I was my the favorite game for me of watching this whole thing was watching. Well, number one, Croatia whoop on Argentina because I loved it. That's my dark but horse to win it all. Croatia, nice. yeah. Croatia it, always but, has been. But the number two was Iceland, Nigeria. And both teams played really, really hard. There was hard challenges. But did they make it, Freddie? Did they make it? The no, next I think round? it was a one-one draw or two. No, they didn't make it. Both eliminated. Yeah. Both no, no, no. But eliminated. They, which is sad by for the Argentina. sport because they played the, the game really, really well. They played as a team. They had good shape, mm-hmm. and and no one was taking dives. And I, I watched a, like an Iceland player get taken down by a Nigerian guy, and he helped him up right he had away. A bloody nose, patted, one of the guys. Pat, patted him on the head. No, that was a different game. That was a different game. But anyways, I was like, "Is it like that's what makes the sport beautiful? That you you play really hard, you help the next guy up, mm, you go back at it again, right? Whereas Neymar, you look at him wrong, he's rolling on the ground for four minutes, <laughs> then you got to help him up, and then he takes he tries to nutmeg you in front of you know your wife and kids out there in front of the whole. You know <laughs> Anyone what I mean? who's not a soccer, what are what you talking that? about? Sorry, that, man. You cinnamon do what? Them. Yeah, yeah, no, a, he, that's he, a soccer move. He tries you. to it's embarrass people. He, he's making fast, slick 
fancy moves to try to embarrass people when they got like families With and friends. fancy hair. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, so you're not really a nice guy oh, and you're taking dives, so I don't like you. We digress. Thank you, Freddie. This has been The Extra Podcast. Um, look forward to next week when Argentina... I don't really think they're going to win. I just want them Good. to win so bad. I want Messi to yeah. do this. And I believe, Jonathan, I believe. This has been The Extra Podcast. Thank you for listening. See you later. Peace. Adios. Adios.